The Canadian Constitution's been taking a beating from the provinces during the pandemic. Ontario uses the notwithstanding clause to get its way on third-party election spending, despite the law violating charter rights. Then Quebec wanted to change part of the Constitution that applies to it to declare itself a nation and to make French the official language of the province. And not to be outdone, Alberta has jumped in with a referendum on whether it can pull out of the federal equalization program. Will it work? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location of practicing physical distancing to enhance safety. Albertans had a number of referendums on their ballots earlier this week in municipal elections. Most noteworthy was the vote on whether the province should pull out of the program. The Premier says this isn't about playing politics, it's about fairness. And when you consider BC and Quebec are the biggest recipients of equalization from the federal government, with about $20 billion coming from Alberta, they're also the biggest impediments to Alberta getting its oil to Tidewater. The equalization program sees the federal government collect from the wealthiest province provinces to distribute to other have-not provinces. Our unpublished I vote question asks you, do you feel Canada's equalization program should be changed? Yes, no, or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. Jason Kenny says this is all about gaining leverage with the federal government. The province feels hamstrung getting its commodities to market. Coming up on the show, we're going to hear from Kevin Lacey, the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, as well Barry Cooper teaches political science at the University of Calgary. But first, I'm pleased to be joined by Jared Wesley, Associate Professor and Associate Chair of Graduate Programs in the Department of Political Science at the University of Alberta. And and Jared, do you you feel the question uh, that was put to Albertans was misleading? Um, no, actually, I think the qu- the question was crystal clear. I think where the misleading uh, part comes in is, is the way that um, the government and, and their leading uh, yes side proponents tried to frame the outcome of the question. The question was quite simple. Do you want to remove the equalization principle from the Constitution? That principle is there in Section 36.2. Your, your listeners, viewers can certainly tune, can certainly look it up and, and read it for themselves. And, and Albertans were, were posed that question. Do you want to remove what's effectively the sharing principle from the Constitution? As you mentioned in your intro, um, the government and the yes side uh, want, wanted Albertans to go to the polls and uh, view that question as uh, providing them with leverage to negotiate with the rest of the country. So the, both the premier and the yes side said this, this vote is really not about removing equalization from the Constitution. But according to our research, a lot of people thought it was. In fact, over half of Albertans assumed that a yes vote would mean that, as you said in your intro, Alberta would withdraw from the equalization program, which is on its face, not only impossible, but illogical. The equalization program existed before we put the equalization principle into the Constitution. And the only way Alberta pulls out of any federal program is to stop paying individual and corporate taxes, which of course is not going to happen. So there's a lot of of misinformation around this question. But at the end of the day, as you teed it up, the question is, does the rest of Canada think that Alberta has leverage to renegotiate some kind of a fair deal for the province? Well, does that yes vote give Alberta the leverage it looked for? Well, if you look at the, the results so far, and they're not all in yet, um, Edmonton, uh, the second largest city in the province, has not yet uh, reported its results publicly. So we'll have to wait until the 26th to find out. Um, let's say uh, at this point, projections suggest about 60% of Albertans voted yes in the referendum, but only about uh, 40% actually turned out to vote. So even if we end up with a 50% turnout at a 60% yes vote, that means only one in four Albertans 
voted in favor of this referendum. That compared to a turnout of 95% in the Quebec referendum in 1995, I mean, this is not, in my view, a mandate for change or leverage. And I think the rest of Canada will see through it. Do you think Canadians understand overall how this program works? No, and I think we have we have research out that shows that Albertans um, really do not understand the fundamentals of the program. And I say that not to disparage them, nor to say that they're any, you know, uh, less knowledgeable about equalization than the rest of Canada. Similar surveys have shown that people in all parts of the country don't understand how the pro how the program actually works. According to our research, we gave 600 Albertans um, an eight-point quiz on equalization, and, and um, more than half failed it. And the average the average score was 3.1 out of eight. And these are pretty fundamental questions, right? Yeah. Like, um, does the does the Alberta government uh, send money to the Quebec government was basically one of the questions and a lot of Albertans think that that's the case. So there's a lot of misconceptions around this. Government had two years to educate Albertans about it, but that wasn't really what this was about. This was about trying to gain leverage to change something about fiscal federalism in Canada. And the Premier's even said it's not really about the Constitution, which is odd because that's what the question said. Uh, would this be part of a, a deflection from uh, the government's response to the pandemic? It hasn't exactly been rosy there. It didn't start out that way. Okay, so the government did campaign in, in May 2019, the last provincial election, on this referendum notion. If the Conservatives didn't win the federal election that fall, and when the sheer Conservatives did not, then they rolled out this plan in fall 2019. But at the time, the Kennedy government was actually pretty popular. They were among the most popular governments in the country for their handling of the pandemic. Things have gone south now, though, for them, and the premier is now polling below equalization, according to these results. I mean, his, his popularity figures are in the low 20s, and equalization is in the 40% range. So it's now become, a, become kind of a lifeline for him, um, and it's it's a free ticket out of Dodge, basically. He's seeing this as an opportunity for him to, to leave Alberta, to stump for this nebulous free deal for the next year and escape accountability at home for what are some pretty important decisions that were made about the pandemic and more importantly decisions about economic recovery moving forward. Do you feel the federal government may take a look at it uh, if uh, the yes side wins? Well this is the thing I and mean, there's a myth out there that that the federal government and the rest of Canada don't look at fiscal transfers like equalization um, on a routine basis. They do. Finance ministers meet twice a year and at their December meeting it's a standing agenda item. And when first ministers, the prime premier and prime minister meet, this is the topic that's already on the agenda. So this notion that Alberta needs to set the agenda to talk about fiscal transfers, including equalization, is a bit nutty. And, you know, the, the, the other thing we have to keep reminding ourselves is um, that equalization is only one part of a much broader system of fiscal federalism. So the premier has said this really isn't about equalization. It's about getting Alberta more fiscal stabilization dollars. And this is the point where most readers, most uh, viewers and listeners eyes gloss over and they just say, well, the whole thing is about equalization. It's really not. And once you start picking apart one part of this system of fiscal transfers, it requires trade-offs on the part of other, other governments in other parts of the country. So if Alberta thinks it's going to go to the table and have all of its demands met without conceding on other points, which might actually include conceding some um, some of the billion dollar a year in extra health care funding they got when the last time this thing was was renegotiated, I think they're being naive. Does the federal government need the province's uh, approval if it decides to bring in changes? No, absolutely not. Equalization is a federal program. The formula is determined by the federal government. 
And there was a lot of consternation at the Trudeau government in 2015 when it decided not to take the first opportunity to revise the formula. I'd argue that shows just how strong the formula was when the Harper government consulted very broadly across the country in an Alberta-led process uh, in, in, order, in order to change fiscal federalism for the better. So the feds don't have to listen. In fact, they could keep the formula the way it is because it is a fair formula. You know, Albertans, uh, at least the, what we hear is they feel taken advantage of. Is that realistic when you consider, obviously, if you're contributing that much, you're obviously doing well? Well, that's the thing. Our, our, our polling shows quite consistently over the last decade that Albertans, no matter where they live, no matter what their background, where they are in the political spectrum, they feel jilted at the hands of the rest of Canada. They feel misunderstood. They feel like their contributions to Confederation are underappreciated. And as you said in the TEAP, a lot of them feel like um, they're sending dollars to Ottawa, which redistributes it to other parts of the country that seem to be landlocking our oil. Now, that's that's patently untrue when it comes to Quebec. The Quebec government was not responsible for shutting down the Energy East pipeline. The, the, the company itself was the one that withdrew that application because it was betting on key, uh, Keystone XL. But again, this is more than a 30 second soundbite. It, and it doesn't really chip away at the symbol that equalization has become for Albertans. Equalization is not a program. It's not a principle for a lot of Albertans for a majority that turned out to vote in the, in the referendum campaign. It's a symbol of Albertans mistreatment at the hands of the rest of Canada. As you said, we pay more income tax. We pay more corporate tax than anybody else. So we should expect fewer government programs as any, any person involved in any kind of wealth redistribution recognizes that doesn't stop the feeling and the sentiment. But this referendum is not going to do anything to change any of that sentiment. How do you see this issue working into the next Alberta election? Well, that's the big wild card is when will the next Alberta election be, right? Um, according to our fixed date election uh, law, it has to be sometime in, in spring 2023. But the big question is, will Jason Kenney actually survive until that point? He has a leadership review. Uh, in, in spring next year, if not earlier. The early signs coming out of these municipal elections this, uh, this past month, um, where this referendum was held as well, show that Conservatives uh, across the province uh, were down in terms of their numbers. And a lot of United Conservative members and caucus people are looking at these results and thinking, can we even survive the next few months uh, with Jason Kenney at the helm? So will this play into that, that campaign? I think... <laughs> It depends on when the campaign is. I think the UCP has an opportunity to reset with a new leader, but I'm not I'm not making that decision for them. Jared, I want to thank you for joining us. You bet. Jared Wesley's associate professor and associate chair of the graduate programs in the Department of Political Science at the University of Alberta. Equalization has been a source of annoyance to Albertans who feel they're being taken advantage of. Barry Cooper teaches polit political science at the University of Calgary. As well, he's one of the authors of the Free Alberta Strategy, and he joins us now. And Barry, you call the equalization program a, a structural problem. How so? Well, because uh, the, the problems associated with it um, have a historical depth that uh, uh, most Canadians and certainly uh, most Albertans are not aware of. Uh, it goes right back to the time before what is now Western Canada had anything to do with uh, the uh, colonies in the St. Lawrence Valley. Uh, we were ruled from uh, London um, as uh, as subjects of the imperial crown by way of the Hudson Bay Company. Um, 
when the Rupert's, Rupert's land in the Northwest uh, was uh, transferred to Alberta, uh, to uh, Ottawa, uh, that same structure was maintained uh, from Ottawa. And we were, as Sir John A said, we were the crown colony of Canada. Uh, so it's a real, it's a long problem. We've been treated as a colony from uh, the time before Confederation. We're still treated that way now. Uh, and the difference is that more Albertans have started to notice. You're, you're going way, way, way back on that. I haven't heard Alberta being that upset about things going back that far. It's only been about 2014, 2015 they've been complaining. Uh, that's the most recent expression of this, uh, I would say, pretty much constant structure of, um, of Western Canadian uh, history that, that really does antedate uh, Canada's interest in what's now Western Canada. You say this, uh, the referendum is, is the first step for your side, the yes side. What's the, what's the next step? Uh, the next step is, uh, is essentially up to Laurentian Canada, um, Ontario, Quebec, and the government of Canada. Uh, my personal expectations is they will do nothing except uh, be more insulting. Uh, so then the third step will be uh, for Alberta to have a, a second referendum on independence. Uh, I've been advocating that as a kind of uh, dual strategy for a couple of years now. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, as much as I admire uh, Jason Kenney and I've known him for a long time, um, if he even knew about it, uh, he didn't follow, uh, he didn't follow my advice. Uh, very few people do. Um, but that's what, that, that will be, uh, I would say the outcome down the road. Yeah, you feel the federal government is attacking Alberta. How, how is it attacking Alberta? Uh, well, just to go back for the, the past uh, four or five years, uh, the uh, tanker ban on the north coast of British Columbia, the no pipelines bill, uh, the prime minister saying that we have to eventually shut down the oil sands, um, the transfer payments that have uh, at a time when the Alberta economy can scarcely uh, afford to pay uh, its own workers uh, taking uh, about 20 billion uh, bucks out of the pockets of Albertans and redistributing them to uh, people who have, uh, particularly in Quebec, who have uh, a deep-seated animus against anything to do with this province uh, and invent uh, constitutional uh, objections uh, to, say, uh, putting a pipeline uh, through their sacred territory to uh, to New Brunswick. So. Um, uh, we can get uh, our some of our product to uh, world markets. Uh, there's absolutely no constitutional justification for that. Uh, it's completely political. Uh, there's certainly no constitutional justification for what we want to do either. Uh, and that's political. But politics uh, is upstream from constitutions. Uh, the only people who think differently basically are uh, uh, lawyers without much imagination. You know, uh, when we look at uh, equalization and uh, Alberta feeling that they've been sort of being taken advantage of, you know, I'm here in Ontario. I've been in Ontario all my life. And, and you know, for the longest time, you know, Ontario carried the mail for equalization. And I don't recall Ontario ever complaining about it. Alberta didn't complain either until uh, the government of Canada wanted to shut down the main source of our income. Uh, we were extremely generous and uh uh, I would say almost two willing participants in this uh, wealth redistribution scheme. Um, but when the government of Canada has declared us basically their enemy, 
there's absolutely no reason why we should give a nickel to uh, to Ottawa, to Ontario, or to not to Ontario. You guys take care of yourselves pretty well, but your neighbors don't, uh, and and that's uh, that's the problem. It's the aggression from the government of Canada against this province that have turned Albertans against Canada. What do you see this as the as the long term effect? You know, there's obviously you're talking about animosity between the two sides, Alberta and the federal government. What, what's the long term effect of that? Well, if we can hope, it'll be the independence of, uh, of Alberta. Uh, if if not, I guess we'll have to wait for another generation to be um, uh, exploited by uh, Laurentian Canada. And maybe, you know, my uh, children and grandchildren will uh, will take up the cause. I don't know. Um, but uh, for a lot of people, um, uh, my age, they're just, uh, you know, enough's enough. Uh, and uh, uh, we don't want to do it anymore. Mm. I mean, particularly nobody, nobody in Laurentian Canada has ever said thanks, particularly those guys next door to you. There seems to be uh, a very large divide, at least in your mind. And I, I think that I've heard that quite a few times between Alberta and Quebec. Why is that? Um, that's a very good question because in, in many respects, uh, uh, Alberta and Quebec have uh, similar uh, complaints against uh, against Ottawa. Um, why that should be, I think you have to go into uh, into the political mythology of uh, of this province uh, and of Quebec, and there you have um, a real antithesis. But that gets that gets into a kind of higher interpretation. Um, Quebecers have, from the way we look at it, Quebecers have always resented um, being basically losers. Uh, losers from to the Brits initially after the Plains of Abraham, uh, then being outvoted uh, through the period before Confederation. Uh, Albertans, Albertans have been almost the opposite. Uh, this is has always been quote next year country, which is a very optimistic uh, and we can do anything uh, attitude, uh, kind of antithetical to what we see in uh, in Quebec. Let's take uh, your, your comment uh, one step uh, further. You talk about, you know, the, the referendum on, on equalization. And if you don't get what you want, then talk about independence. You want to get oil to Tidewater. Being an independent country, I don't know where you're going to get it because you won't get it through BC. You won't get it going <laughs> east and you're not going to get it going south. So <laughs> I'm kind of curious where it's going. Uh, it's going through BC. Northern Gateway will be built in a trice. And it will be built when uh, trans, uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline uh, does not ship any uh, jet fuel to uh, YVR. It, they will turn on a nickel, maybe a dime, but they will turn right away. Um, the same thing will happen. We can we can uh, uh, <laughs> we had a lost opportunity when the uh, governor of uh, Michigan wanted to shut down uh, what was it Line Five or Line Seven or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that if we were politically astute, we would have uh, been amicus uh, uh, curiae to the governor uh, of Michigan and saying, yeah, we'd like you to shut down that pipeline. The sooner, the better. And make Ontario and Quebec suffer because uh, we have certainly suffered. Uh, and you guys have no clue about what it would be to deal to do without uh, oil and gas from this province. That would be a start. BC, the same thing would happen just like that. Barry, I want to thank you for joining us. You're quite welcome. 
Barry Cooper teaches political science at the University of Calgary as well. He is one of the authors of the Free Alberta Strategy. When it comes to the referendum on equalization, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation was supporting the yes side. Kevin Lacey is Alberta Director of the Federation, and he joins us now. And Kevin, why do you feel Alberta is being treated unfairly in equalization? Well, if you look at how the formula is calculated, it's rigged against Alberta. Um, so, for example, over the last, uh, since 1957, about $67 billion have been spent from Albertans on equalization. And I think a lot of Albertans, as they were going to vote in this referendum, were asking themselves, what are we getting for that contribution that we're putting into Canada? Um, Alberta's seen uh, punishment through carbon taxes, through pipeline um, uh, approvals, through oil and gas policy. And I think a lot of people were saying, look, it's now time for us to stand up for ourselves, to make a stand and to uh, and to advocate for real change. Um, we've seen before that these types of changes in equalization only happen um, when the public gets involved. It's not enough for our, to send our politicians to Ottawa to make uh, to make the case we need to get average citizens. And I think that's where the government deserves a lot of credit is that the the equalization referendum brought in. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Albertans um, to take a look at this program, to examine it, and then to have their say um, so that Ottawa will know where we stand with it. How would you like to see equalization reformed? I think two big changes. I think the first is that equalization requires some flexibility. Um, so, for example, in the last six and a half years, hundreds of thousands of energy workers uh, have been laid off. There have been times um, where Alberta's unemployment rate has been over 10%. Um, and the, the gap between the haves and the have-nots in Canada, which is a good thing, has begun to narrow. Um, meanwhile, at the same time, the, the amount of equalization has gone up. So Canada's actually spent more in equalization and Alberta as a net contributor has contributed more over that period of time um, than as their economy has decreased. So having that flexibility uh, in the program is a key one. And the second is, uh, is then dealing with natural resources is to ensure that um, provinces both respect Alberta's uh, exploitation of their natural resources, but also move to exploit their own. Um, namely in the province of Quebec that receives over 50% of the total equalization um, that you encourage resource development rather than through the current equalization formula where provinces will receive uh, billions of dollars, uh, whether or not they, they, uh, they use the resources that are under their feet. Um, so I think those are two big changes we would like to see. And those two changes don't require constitutional uh, discussion. It could be made uh, with an agreement amongst provinces or even by the federal government. And, and how is this going to help natural resource development? Well, I think encouraging resource development, we've seen too many projects being left in the ground um, through this time period. And, and the more natural resources we grow, that's more revenue for government, more jobs in the economy, and this will help to drive Canadian growth. And so that's one of the things we've been saying uh, through this referendum is that that reforming equalization, sure, will certainly help Alberta and at times in Alberta struggling um, will make the program more flexible, uh, but it also makes for a stronger Canada when we have like provinces, um, other provinces starting to get in the equal, like getting in the natural resource game, uh, exploiting their resources and making sure um, that uh, that they are too are growing their economies 
and they can be as successful as well. Yeah, and one of the comments I had read from uh, the CT app was it was subsidizing politicians in other provinces, equalization I'm talking about. How, how do you see that? Well, Albertans on a per capita basis put in about $650 uh, uh, into equalization. Uh, if you look at, say, the province of Quebec, that number, uh, the average citizen receives about $1,500 per person. And that money doesn't go to individuals. It goes to provincial governments. Um, and so really what you're doing is you're taking money and funding other governments to make, in some cases, bad decisions that you don't get a say in. So, for example, Quebec has given billions of dollars to Bombardier, an aerospace company. I find the most absurd one maybe is in Nova Scotia, where Nova Scotia receives about 35% of its total budget uh, in federal transfers and use that money, about 20, about 260 million of it, to subsidize uh, a shipbuilding um, business in Nova Scotia, Irving Shipbuilding, to compete against a Vancouver-based uh, company um, that sends its money to Nova Scotia. So you have this like perverse uh, relationship where British Columbia is sending money to Nova Scotia, then using it to defeat uh, a company in British Columbia for a contract. So these types of things are why uh, we want to see reform is so try to take these inequities out of the system. What, what's to say the federal government will even even consider, uh, you know, a, a look or relooking at equalization? I think you have to. The, the ball is now in their court because um, the federal government has an onus now that regular citizens have had their say and has demanded that they come to the table. I mean, this is not just an issue now at the premier's table. It's also an issue at uh, the kitchen table here in Alberta. So I think that alone should bring the prime minister to at least a discussion uh, about the issue. We've seen this in the past um, in Newfoundland and Labrador when Danny Williams had an issue uh, with equalization and again with the way natural resource uh, uh, revenues were calculated. Um, he too motivated his citizen. He ran a campaign, a, a anybody but conservative campaign. He flew the Canadian flag upside down and it was only as a result of him stomping his feet that he got action. Um, and the Newfoundland was granted uh, about a billion dollars and also changes to the equalization uh, formula. So I, this is just one step. And I think what uh, Kenny deserves credit for is that he would, did a responsible approach like this referendum, rather than doing things like flying flags upside down or all kinds of other things, which uh, are at the at political purview of the politicians. Kevin, I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Kevin Lacey is the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Our unpublished.vote question asks you, do you feel Canada's equalization program should be changed? Yes, no, or unsure? You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. I want to thank our guest today on the Unpublished Cafe, Jared Wesley of the University of Alberta, Barry Cooper of the University of Calgary, and Kevin Lacey of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And I want to thank you for watching the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.